leader tonight is Gail. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I know I'm grateful to be here. Oh, somebody, somebody wants me to have a microphone. I said, Happy New Year, and I'm grateful to be here. And um, I'll start by qualifying. My top weight was 275. I came into the rooms in 1999. My weight today is 154.4. That's what the scale says. I mean, I wouldn't know, you know. Um, but the crazy girl in me says 154 is better than 156 because that means you're closer to 155. And that's this part of my crazy is, is um, numbers, the scale, and what I am and what I think I should be and where I've been. Um, when I came in to OA, OA I came in through the lens of how um, it was a, a meeting at the dry dock, and I tried to get a sponsor that night because even though I didn't want to be there, I could hear from the stories that people were sharing, these were my people, and they understood me. And I didn't get a sponsor that night, but I was, it was suggested I go to six different meetings, and I got a sponsor that Sunday and started working the program. And I didn't complain. I didn't balk. I didn't look at my food plan and go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And even that was a beginning that was totally different than anything I'd ever witnessed for me. Because when I went to those pay and weigh programs, I was always trying to calculate if I do this and I should get here and I'll be there and it never worked. And I'm going to try and stand up. Maybe you can hear me better. Um, and it never worked. And I was always demoralized. You know, I mean, I joined Weight Watchers back in the day when it was only $3 a week. When I stopped going, it was up to $12 a week. And it never worked for me. And I think what, what I really needed never knew was I needed a spiritually-based program. I needed something that addressed everything about weight loss, why I ate, how I ate. The idea of three weighed and measured meals, nothing in between, no flour, no sugar. If it was another time, I might have thought that was crazy. But where I was at with sugar, I knew what I was doing was crazy. So I surrendered. I just surrendered. I resigned from the debate, debating society about the higher power. I didn't know what the fuck that looked like. I mean, I was raised Catholic. That sounds crazy to me. The whole, I'm like, man, the cross. And I thought <laughs> off to India, you know, looking for, oh, I'm strong too. Looking for God, you know. So the, the spiritual-based idea of it, I said, okay, I'm going I meditate. I can use that. Um, and I just surrendered. And what happened is I was 50, 99, 51. Maybe I was 48. 
for you. And so the weight was still coming off fast. You know, and I got down to two, I went from 250 to 159, really in about nine months. And I thought, I never thought that I was complete. I never thought I had it made. I never thought, this is it. I don't have to do anymore. Because what I understood is there's, this is a process, and we use the steps, and we go to meetings, and we have a sponsor. And for me, I was willing to weigh and measure. So I just, I did what I had to do. And for the first time, I have this hamster wheel in my head that goes at such a rapid clip. And the things it tells me, oh, you're such a piece of, you know, just, it just berates me. When I'm not in the food, the hamster wheel is silent. I, I don't know how it works. I don't know how that works. But I'm not thinking of all my negatives. It's just, once I put the sugar and the carbs and just put it down, I get peace. And that is amazing to me, that I get peace, because I've not ever had peace. And um, I've tried a lot of things. I tried a thousand, thousand a day calorie diet. That they said if you did that, you'd lose three pounds a week. Well, I was in my 30s, so I lost the three pounds, but I couldn't maintain it. I tried a juice fast recommended by a, a holistic chiropractor who was trying to get me off steroids because I'm an asthmatic. Well, I was little when I finished that juice fast, but again, I couldn't maintain it. I tried something called Diet Workshop, which was light Weight Watchers, and I got down to 142 pounds. But a girl in the office also was doing it, and she was starting to look better than me, and my head flipped out. And <laughs> Jealousy is an evil bitch, you know? And then I started to slip and slide because I was in my mind, you know? And um, then I got pregnant, so I had an excuse to eat like a mad dog. <laughs> and the lady said to me, you were really putting on weight fast. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's happening. None of your fucking business, but that's happening. <laughs> um, and so when I delivered Aurora, I think when she was, I was 195. And for me to be 195, that was like, okay. And she's now 38, so. Um, but what it was like was hell. Because I could not figure out what I was going to eat. Really, all I wanted to do was mainline a box of sugar. That's really all I wanted to do. And I couldn't figure it out. And you could give me a diet and tell me to follow it, and I could do it for a little while, but then I could even lose some weight, because I've lost 100 pounds three times. So um, I could even lose 100 pounds but the minute the diet was over or I perceived there was a break in it, I was back up. And that thing about diets don't work, I always put on extra weight after that, always extra weight. So that I got from, you know, when I thought I was 225, I thought I was fat. Then I got to 250 and then I got to 275. And I thought, hell, if I don't do something, I'm going to be 300 pounds because it seems 25 pound increments are my thing, you know. And um, what it was like was 
at 58. I guess when I came back in rooms, I was 62. So I'm going to try and tell you, I did really well for about four and a half, five years. And then I got this bright idea that I could finish college because I'd been at it since 1969, right? So 2002, I go back to college. And I'm doing fine. I'm maintaining my weight. I'm looking great. And then somebody reads my poetry book and says, Gail, you should apply for your master's. She's from India. She's got this great accent. I did. And when I was in my master's in the creative arts program, the teacher would pull out a fifth whiskey and red cups. And then she'd pull out the cheese and crackers. Well, we're all adults and we're all cool and we can drink like fish. No. I know I don't drink. No. But the cheese and crackers fucking got me. You know? And not going to meetings. And not having a sponsor. You know, um, you, you, gotta, you gotta do what you're told to do and just get out of your head. Because without all of that, I could not get absent again. And so the, the picture of my, my 2002 graduation, I look one way. The picture from my 2005 master's program, I look a whole other way. And the self-hate comes on. And it sucks. And the hamster wheel starts going. And, you know, no bueno. It sucks, you know. And so that's what it was like. And how it got better is I kept coming back and I could not get my shit together. I would have a sponsor and I would not have a sponsor. I had a sponsor once, she was really cool and I really loved her. But when my daughter made me the sugar-free flourless chocolate tort and I ate it for one of my birthdays, I don't know which one. My sponsor said, if it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck. <laughs> and so we, we kind of lost our way. And for me, if, if I'm not doing it all, if I'm trying to half step, if I'm trying to like take my will back, I start to fuck up. I start to forget I'm a compulsive overeater. Because the amnesia for me is that quick. It's, it's that quick. So, um, I slipped and slid for about nine years, sometimes in the rooms, sometimes out of the rooms. Finally in ooh, 2013, I think, yeah. Um, you guys have all heard this story, a lot of you. I'm at Pacific Catch with my 18-year-old rock star. And he says to us, and I don't even know how we got to this, he says, my guitar teacher has two aces tattooed to his upper bicep, and I asked him what it is, and he said he's an alcoholic and an addict, and he's got 15 years clean and sober, and he still goes to meetings. It was a Sunday, guys. Wednesday, I was in the last how meeting in the city. There were three people there. I asked one of them to sponsor me. She said, keep your head down, follow your food plan, don't get attached to the outcome. You know what? I didn't fight her. I didn't bitch. I didn't have one last hurrah, and I live ab above a corner store, so it could have been big. But I didn't. <laughs> I was so bleeding tired 
of trying to get it together, trying to figure it out, trying to do the right thing, that I did what I was told. I followed the steps. I worked the program. I made three outreach calls. I still make three outreach calls a day. Most of you have gotten calls from me. I figured if I do what I'm told, it's like a bank account. And maybe those days when I'm really fucked in the head and I'm like, well, you know, that looks really, I'll remember those outreach calls. And I'll remember to pick up the phone and say, um, I'm having trouble. I read something every single day. And I'm leaning because, uh, you know, I get tired. Um, yeah, I read every day. Um, my books are on the dining table. My husband brings them to me when I have breakfast in bed. Um, I, I go to three meetings a week. I don't want to fight the system this time. The system, if I, I could fight and fight and fight and fight and fight, and I'd be 300 pounds. You know? So I have to do what I'm told to do. And those pictures show me at four pounds and 14 ounces. And I think that was the beginning of the of fat cells. Because they, you know, they wanted to get me to five or six pounds that could let me go out of the incubator. Um, and I'm flying around by the seat of my pants. And I apologize. But I don't know if I told you enough about what it was like. It was crazy. And here's why. And I know I'm going back and forth. The minute I thought I could eat like normal human beings, I ate twice what they ate. If they didn't finish it, I would finish it. I would put it away for later. If my kids said, oh, a lot of the time it wasn't my kids, it was me. It was a hot day in San Francisco. Oh, we should have root beer floats. Well, that's a shit show in a jar, you know? <laughs> um, you know, and my daughter was a great baker, and she started making all these candies. <coughs> that didn't go well. Um, you know, it's like, if I don't have all of you guys, and if I don't have the principles, the steps, and the meetings, I, I've got my mind. And the... <laughs> I'm going to slip. African-American college or one of those people they used to say, have this commercial and said a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, my mind will kick my ass. And it, the mercy of this is I don't, I don't hear it. It's not calling me. It's not, it's not telling me I'm a piece of shit. It's not saying, oh, doesn't that look interesting? No. No. That's not interesting. I just came from my daughter's New Year's party. Well, December, January 1st. And um, black eyed peas, yum. Cornbread, yum. Rice. I, I had a bowl, black eyed peas, and greens. There was gumbo. I had a little gumbo. I didn't want the crab because I didn't want it all over my beautiful dress. <laughs> And I kept putting it in the book. And she's going, can you eat that? I said, I'm allowed three cups of vegetables. Um, and four ounces of protein. And so I was, you know what I mean? 
I'd rather leave there walking on cloud nine because I had a good day than leave being down in the food and bemoaning and hating myself. I don't want to hate myself. Now, I mean, there's other areas of my life I could do that about, but you know, I don't want to do that about food. So, um, that's why I make great phone calls. That's why I go to free meetings. That's why I write. That's why I pray. That's why I, I start my day with prayer. I mean, I'm laying supine in the bed, my eyes open, and I think half the time I'm praying because I'm, oh God, I, I woke up. Whoa. Because, you know, life ain't promised to you. So I start the day with prayer, you know, the serenity prayer, um, third step prayer, seventh step prayer. Say, God, please don't let me be deceitful, dishonest, selfish, self-seeking. And this isn't conference-approved literature, but, you know, Willie Nelson says, three rules. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a goddamn asshole. That's what he told his kids. So, for me, I kind of incorporate that into my reality. <laughs> you know, it's not a literature meeting, but because I read every day, and then sometimes I don't, and then there's all these things, and you can all, you can see where I'm at, because there's like Splendid Packets as, as bookmarks. But this really hit me. It's January 7th. Except that a bite or two will not make a bad situation better. My sponsor has a wonderful way of reminding me what that phrase means. When I tell her that I can't go on, she says, if I thought that food was going to fix your husband, kid, job, etc., I would tell you to eat. It won't. That brings it into focus. No food exists that will make my job situation more pleasant, cure loneliness or fatigue, Heal a broken relationship or cure an illness. Eating will not fix it. When I know this above all else, I can look at my options. The cure or solution may manifest itself when I take it to my higher power. Spending quiet time and listening for an answer has solved more dilemmas and cured more ills than any amount of food. Making a phone call instead of opening the refrigerator helps me find a way to handle the situation. Reading OA approved literature, going to a meeting, or going for a walk are the things that can help me find the path I need to take. And that's why I keep harping on the phone calls. You know, um, some days, I only have to make three, but some days there's five phone calls and four or five texts because I want to make sure that I'm not in the food, that I'm not giving myself excuses. Um, the other thing we say is halt. Don't allow yourself to get too hungry, alone, too lonely, too tired. Um, I have fought depression a lot, so food used to, food used to medicate me. It didn't work. It didn't make me less depressed. It made me more depressed because I just kept getting bigger, you know? 
Um, and and when you when you pick up the phone, you call someone. Sometimes that person will say, "Oh, I'm so glad you called. I really needed a phone call." <coughs> and so you're kind of doing a two for you. You're you're helping you and you're helping them. You know. Um, And I hear people say, well, I just can't pick up the phone, and, and I'm not going to beat you up, but why not? It's kind of a, a good way to find out what it's like for somebody else and to get out of your own head, you know, get out of your situation, you know. Because um, if I listen to my, what, my, my best ideas got me into a whole world of trouble, you know. Um, the reason I'm so glad I got back here, I think I was, uh, I guess it was 60. Well, six years. I was 60. My husband would come in, we had a stained glass shop on H Street for 42 years. And uh, my husband would come in and he would say, how'd your day go? And that was always code for, did you stay on your food plan? And he also has a nervous cough. And so I would hear him before he got to the shop, which gave me just enough time to rush across to the bathroom to wash the orange shit off my fingers so he wouldn't know that I just downed a bag of Cheetos. Um, so at 58 or 60, I don't know how old I was, I was lying about my food. And as an adult, I shouldn't have to lie to another human being about what I'm eating, but I was lying because I didn't want to fess up to I had fallen down the rabbit hole of sugar or I had fallen down the rabbit hole of thoughts, fat and grease yet again, you know. Um, I would not go to McDonald's. I would not even think a gas station rated my food. But if it was in a liquor store and it was in a bag, <laughs> fair game, you know. So, I keep coming back to what it was like because I don't, I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget. Because that amnesia will take me out of the program. Because this is one of the things that used to happen. I was in Hawaii. I had just talked to my sponsor, given her my food for the day. And then we walked by, we're in Kauai, and we walked by this quaint little ice cream shack. It's done up like the 50s. Next thing I know, I'm in there sitting on a stool. And I said to my husband, don't open your mouth. And the eyebrow went up. Don't open your mouth. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> he knew. So he came right in, sat next to me. I ordered something that I shouldn't have eaten. And that, I mean, I had just talked to my sponsor that morning. You know, it's, so for me, it's that insidious, you know, um, I, I just, and the other thing I would do, and this is crazy, I would be on a diet, I lose a little weight, and then I would say, oh, I deserve a little something. That little something was always ice cream and cookies. And I live above a corner store, guys, and I know where all my favorite things are. And the guy who loves me after 20s, we've been on Oak Street 35, 38 years. So he'll say, oh, do you want me to order it for you? <laughs> no. So, um, and I can't, 
tell any of you not to fight, but just give it up because it's not going to take you anywhere. You can fight all you want. And if you're a sugar junkie like I was, you're going to lose every time, every time. Um, you know, this really is the last house on the block. You know? <laughs> um, you can go the playing way. You can do all the other shit you want to do. You know? It's not going to give you the results you want. It's not going to help you. It's not going to calm. It's not going to ease. It's not going to remind you that you need a higher power. And that could be the ceiling. One guy in the, in the AA book used the ceiling. You know? So you don't have to go to the big Judeo-Christian thing if that bugs you or if you don't believe in God. But you don't have to have any excuses. You know, you, you just say, oh, higher power. Hmm, what would I want that to be? Oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, higher power. <laughs> you know? Look, I mean, I got the calendar. She's rocking out. Um, you know, so... All I could think of is just surrender, dude. Just surrender. Let go of all your preconceived ideas because this is not that. You know? Let go of what you think you got to hold on to with both hands because this is not that. Emotional, physical, and spiritual. Now, if you've got a psychological problem, it might not fix it, so you might need outside help for that. But you're still going to get the emotional support from your fellows. It reminds you of why you're sitting in this room. You're still going to get the help you need to maybe put down the fork for that moment. You know, um, the spiritual, the prayers. I mean, I, back in the day, they used to say the Our Father, and I used to cringe. I wore Catholic school uniform, 52 plates around my fabulous ass. So I know the Our Father, but it made me cringe. I didn't do that here anymore. You know? But just, you know, surrender. I mean, I'm not anybody's power. power so, so me telling you to surrender is not me telling you. I'm just telling you what my experience is, you know. I, I can't make any of you do anything. I'm just telling you what my experience is. I finally had to surrender. I finally had to, you know. And when I came in here, I was doing the act as if. Because every time they, somebody said the word God... My insights, whoa, really? Really? And it's not because I didn't believe, because I'm a God groupie. I believe in all kinds of things, you know? But it just, you know, I pray. I'm not sure what's up there. I mean, I don't want to tell you what I really believe, you know? But I do it because that's what I'm told to do, you know? I do it because I don't want to be 250, 275. I don't want to be in a box because I couldn't stop eating with a fork. So I miss, you know, I mean, I guess if you're in the box, you're not going to miss anything because you're in the box, right? But I don't want to be in the box because I ate myself to death, you know? I don't want to be told I'm a type 2 diabetic. That was really what bought my ass in here. My sister is a type 2 diabetic. Then my youngest sister is a type 2 diabetic. I didn't want that for me, you know? Um... So, the infinite goodness has such wide arms that it takes whatever turns to it.
Thank you.